are now live. Good morning, everyone, to another Talking With Sunday Live. This Sunday, we are talking with Jared Ledbetter, USMC veteran and owner and um, founder of Carbon Digital. So welcome. Thanks for joining us. Definitely. How have you been today? I'm uh, doing well. It's a little warm today. I'm trying to trying to get the grass cut and stuff like that. You know. Um, it's a little warm here in Southern California too. I checked the temperature and we we're already at 86, which is odd for it to be this early because it is 10:30 here on the coast. So that is a strange. Um. Well, I do. We had a conversation. I sent out a beacon, if you will, of people who would want to interview with Ann Bree on our talking with Sunday live mornings. You were the one that responded and we had an, we had a, a kind of a pre-interview introductory call a few weeks ago. Um, and I found your story to be so powerful um, and how you have grown Carbon Digital and you are even right now as we speak in the middle of restructuring it and reorganizing it to to move it into the direction that is the next step for you right and what's that direction that you're you're moving towards uh well in today's world uh one of the big things that seems to be taking over the entire world of, of service in general is reoccurring revenue so i'm working on stabilizing reoccurring revenue packages, platforms uh, that can actually be sold to clients either before or after a brand new website's built and stuff like that and really kind of help not only uh, reduce their stress, but also help them gain more clients. Because at the end of the day, no one really cares about how their website looks. They only care about what it does for them. Because a website's, it's not a product, it's more of an asset. It's a tool in the tool bag. And I'm restructuring things so that everything that I do stems from that. And Carbon Digital's not, you're building websites, you're, you're building out um, their, their pages, their, um, and their brand on, online, but you offer a quite a bit more through Carbon Digital. What are what is the full package services that you're offering for businesses? So everything that is on the docket right now is uh, web design and development, uh, which is basically just designing and building a website. Then there's UI and UX design, which is user interface and user experience design, and that's pretty much structuring the pages in a way that gets more interaction and has a better customer experience. And then after that, there's naturally uh, in the digital space, marketing and advertising. And then finally, uh, business development and coaching, because not everything that I do uh, in terms of building websites is always the, I'm not always one to have the best website across the board. But if there's things that you can do as a customer to help grow your business, for example, if you don't have an email list, then I'm going to help you implement that and 
build that out from day one with reputable tools and stuff like that. And that's a small example. It's highly common in the industry, but you know, times that by a thousand, thousand small little tips here and there to, to help grow your business and streamline processes and things like that. And that's really the, the beauty about the development process. And you're finding yourself giving teaching. You're you're really getting into the the coaching, the education, teaching business owners on what they can do. You have a YouTube channel with an extensive library of tutorials. I was checking that out, uh, preparing for the interview. And just the information that you're offering on your YouTube channel through your tutorials, uh, how to set up your WordPress, how to add widgets to your WordPress, how to add buttons to your WordPress. Like you're offering all of this information and how-to videos to do your, so they can do these themselves through your right. YouTube. Right, and that really spawned off of a, um, a necessity. I got to a point where, uh, you know, everyone's probably heard of Google Analytics, mm -hmm. and I got to a point where I needed the, uh, the user ID for Google Analytics so that I can set up this on the website. And, you know, 10 clients back to back of, well, how, how do you get that? Okay, well, let me make a video and I'll show you. That way I don't have to spend the next hour on the phone with you, walking you through every step. And I don't have to actually have your Google account, which right. is kind of a big thing, you know, because being in the military, one of the big things that we talk about is, is privacy. And so I, I strive to maintain that. So this video tutorial stuff was born from that. And it's just grown every, every time I get a question where I think someone could learn from this. I just jot it down and I shoot the video at a later point in time. And have you felt your your company and, and the direction that you're taking this company? You're in the middle of restructuring, but are you also in the middle? Can you feel a shift that you're currently in the middle of that perhaps it's it's leaning more towards education, coaching, lesson developing, and building? Uh, in terms of clientele, uh, not so much. Uh, there's still a significant amount of development involved in that, but... Uh, what I found is that other developers um, or web designers uh, have recently come to me for questions. I helped one guy in a Facebook group, spent probably 15 minutes with him. He was showing me what was happening and I fixed two lines of code for him. He's like, oh my God, you are amazing. <laughs> you know, it's, so people start have started shifted to, to view me as more of an authority. And because of that, I figured, well, why not capitalize on it? And so that's one of the things that I've done with this Facebook group is I've started bringing in other people because I, I don't have all the answers. I'm very direct and very straightforward with people with that. Um, but the things that I do know, I'm very open and I share it with everybody because there's a lot of, yes. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say there's a lot of people out there who uh, they, they claim to be the guru. They claim to be the authority, but they don't actually give you the secret sauce. Mm -hmm. And what I'm presenting is a no holds barred type of thing. The only thing that I'm not transparent about is my actual pricing. Everything else I'm wide open about. 
And for the simple fact that you have, you're doing something that's not commonplace in the market. And that is saying things like, I don't know, I might not have the best answer. I, you know, will find the best answer for you. We have to look at it. It's, that's not a paved road in really any industry. Do you feel like that that is helping you or hurting you? Well, I recently uh, started working on a, a project for myself and I wanted to, to create videos for this project to deliver all of the information for my testing group. And in the midst of that, I came to a point where it's like, okay, either I'm going to shoot everything and be as transparent as possible, or I'm going to spend a few hours each week editing videos, you know, cut and paste and figuring all that stuff out. And I ultimately decided that that wasn't the direction I want to go. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to waste time editing those videos because, you know, um, how does the saying go? It's a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't want to be like that. And I figure with this mug, it'd be hard to work around anyway. So why not just be transparent and open and just out there? And so every one of my videos are raw. I don't edit any of them. And is one of the reasons why you are doing that is because are you trying to build a more think tank collaborative community around what you're doing, kind of taking out that intimidation factor? I'll never be a web designer, developer. I've, I've got my uh, Google Analytics. I look at it. I know it, that it's important, but really it's I'm shooting in the dark when right. and it's a learning curve and it's videos like the ones you provide that are helping the individuals like me uh, get a little bit better. The learning curve is still steep though. You know, I don't know if we're ever gonna get to <laughs> your level, but they're definitely helpful. Um, but by building this collaborative and not being the guru and kind of taking that out of the industry, what are you hoping to design? Uh, well, I'm just hoping that people will, uh, it's kind of a two, twofold type of thing. Uh, the first one is for other people who make websites that are still new to the industry. I want them to realize that learning to code is a necessity. A lot of people out there don't do it. They don't know it. And I know people who actually refuse to learn. And that's kind of a, that's kind of a problem. And the other part of that is uh, I want to ensure that everyone is collaborating effectively on the same page. If you think about Google, it's been around for almost 20 years, about 20 years now. And really? it's, it's been around for quite some time, right? And um, almost every question that has ever been asked in technology is already on Google. So 50% of every question you will ever ask there's already an answer out there for that. Uh, and the thing is, is that there's a lot of people in this industry, especially the, the newbies, we'll say, uh, who don't even open up Google. And, and that's a problem. And some of that might tie into that, the fact that they don't know the terminology of what to search for. Uh, but most of them just open up a group post and just send it, you know, they don't really 
too much thought into what am I doing? So I'm trying to change that from within. That's a, that's going to be a road to walking down. What's drawn you to this? Uh, What is it that is about building, designing, coding that just spoke to you? Why was this your, your choice of career? Well, uh, when I was in high school, uh, my dad pretty much told me that I need to get into IT. Mm-hmm. He's one of those one of those Southern types that's like, better learn computers. <laughs> so I never did that. <laughs> and um, I actually got the opportunity to actually start making websites. And I got the opportunity to start learning how to code. And just you get to a point where it's like, you see something and it looks mm-hmm. one way and it's boring. Mm-hmm. And then you apply a small amount of code and it completely changes the entire dynamic. And it's just like, wow, that's amazing. And and it's stuff like that that kind of drew, drew me in. Once I saw that, I was, I was hooked. So now it's all about me trying to, to learn more, to be better than I was yesterday. And since I've already, other people have positioned me in an authority type position, I'm trying to build on that and kind of help guide them along the way so they don't fall into the potholes. Right. Well, your dad telling you to, to go and learn computers at a young age, what, what was the detour that put you in the Marine Corps? Uh, what's the short version? Um, what's the sh- do, do any of us have a short version? I don't think so. <laughs> Probably not. Um, the short version is that uh, I was, I had a lot of issues. Uh, my mother passed away when I was very young, six or seven, and I hit a rebellious state around 15, and by that time, I started doing drugs and drinking and doing pills and lots of jackass-type videos, and all of that kind of spitball. So uh, in high school, I was doing Algebra 2 in my head, no, no, not writing anything down, paper, nothing. And um, by the time I was probably one year out of high school, so about 19, I got to a point where I couldn't even add and subtract, like simple stuff, meaning like uh, eight plus five is 16, mm-hmm. is bad. And my little sister was about to graduate high school, and one day I hit an epiphany. I realized that I needed to set the bar for everyone else to exceed, and that's what drove me towards the military and also I played a lot of SOCOM 3 US Navy SEALs at the time so that in combination with my lifestyle at the time uh, that's kind of how I ended up walking into the door from the recruiter's office. Did you have an expectation of what the Marine Corps experience was going to be for you? When um, you- I was honestly I was, I was scared shitless. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they give you a video. Right. You know, at this time, it was still on VHS. Um, so uh, that video was very intense. 
Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that makes you think like, holy crap, what did I sign up for? Mm-hmm. And it was nothing remotely close compared to the intensity that you feel when you're there on the ground. Um, so it was definitely one of those things that um, you just never know how things are going to turn out. What did, um, so you went through and, and had MEPS and all of that good stuff. What did you end up doing in the Marine Corps? Uh, so I was supply admin. Mm-hmm. So by trade, I was a computer clerk. Mm-hmm. punching in all these uh, supply transactions and stuff like that. Uh, when I got to my first unit after all of my training, mm-hmm. uh, there was two guys there that were leaving in three weeks. And my supervisor told me, hey, you get to learn both of their jobs. So I ended up taking control over half of the admin shop and the entire warehouse mm-hmm. because there was nobody there. And so that combined with my photographic memory helped me excel quite exponentially over the course of the next few months and that's pretty much carried me throughout my whole career so far what was your so what was your definition of success when you were small when you were 10 11 what you wanted to be when you grew up and how has that shifted between then and now Well, when I was young, I actually had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. So now that I actually know, it's a huge difference. Um, You know, my actually, my dad, he would ask me all the time when I was younger, well, you want to be a police officer? You want to be a firefighter? You know, and I never had an answer. My answer was always, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until probably a year and a half ago that I hit that, okay, that's what I want to do. What was it? What was that moment? How did you come to that? Uh, it was shortly after I started uh, learning how to code, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh "My God, that this is it! This is, this is what I want to do." Because um, even now, I'm still doing supply during the day, mm-hmm. and for me, it's one of those things where I'm so good at it. It's kind of hard to to leave that. Right. So now that I know what I want to do, I have a direction. And with that direction, my goal is to build up my business so that I can leave my day job and operate that full time. Well, when you started Carbon Digital, you your niche was jujitsu. And we yes. both come from a jujitsu background. We talked about that quite right. uh, quite essentially all the lineages and the, in the different clubs, were you, when you, was this while you were in the Marine Corps, when you trans transitioned out, did you find a jujitsu club? Did you, how did you get into that niche? Uh, So the short version is that I did Mm -hmm. jujitsu. The long version is more um, 2010 is when I got out of the Marine Corps Mm -hmm. and a couple months after I got home, I ended up being homeless parents dropped me off at the shelter and said sink or swim mm. so it took me about seven or eight months to get back on my feet and when I finally did and I actually had a bed to sleep in I started seeking out something I didn't know what it was but I knew I was missing something and I knew it was tied to the military right and I recalled that one of my friends 
I've mentioned jujitsu mm-hmm. shortly prior to me going homeless. And I went to a local school and I checked it out. And just the, that first month there was was enough to get me hooked. So even even then, I had no idea what was in store for me. So a few months later, I ended up moving to Okinawa, Japan, and I continued my jiu-jitsu journey there as well. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I ended up starting a jiu-jitsu brand, which led into me providing services, all the services that I needed as a brand. Those were the same services that I provided to other people. And that's what kind of led into Fighter Solutions, which was the jiu-jitsu version of Carbon Digital. And um, I just, I hit a point one day where I could no longer pursue martial arts and fitness as a whole. I just, a lot of, a lot of bad manufacturing issues, um, issues with orders, um, inbound and outbound. It was just, it was a nightmare. I just got to a point where I had to get rid of it all. So I wiped all martial arts from my company and kind of niched up instead of them and rebranded as Carbon Digital. And when I did that, my success grew almost instantly. It was ridiculous. I don't know how that happens. It's kind of the same concept that when you try to provide an affordable price and no one buys it, and then you triple the price and all of a sudden everyone's buying it, it's the same same kind of thing kind of happened to me when I niched up. Right. All of a sudden, I was flooded with clients. It's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. <laughs> Got, getting out, okay, so you you're going through high school, uh, maybe going down some roads that's not necessarily serving you the best. You get into oh yeah, the, I would have been in jail. Yeah. You get out. You get into the Marine Corps. You get out of the Marine Corps. You go through homelessness. You start with jujitsu. You end jujitsu. You're rebranding. How many times have you, in the last ten years, have started over, regrouped, shifted direction? Uh, well, with this not being my first business, I'd say probably about 10 different times. Mm-hmm. Not just in business, but in uh, life in general. Some of those times that you need to pull the reins back and kind of look at things from a different perspective. Uh, it really, really opens, the, really opens your eyes. really helps you see what you couldn't see before. Right. And, yeah. Say it's about ten times. I can count seven for sure. And what is that like when you're when you decide, okay, I'm going to put everything, I'm gonna throw everything that I know and that I've been doing in the middle of the room, I'm gonna analyze and we're gonna regroup and we're gonna we're gonna start again. What is that what is that like for you? Oh uh, well it's very eye-opening. You know, I always try to stay very objective. Mm-hmm. But as time progresses, especially with uh, what you would call your baby, your business, when, as time progresses, it's really hard to stay objective, especially once you start getting to a certain level of, 
to a certain level of either success or you've put, uh, say, 100 hours into something, you don't normally be objective at that point. And it's really hard to just say, okay, we're going to throw it on the middle and we're going to take a step back and we're going to analyze. And that's, it's, it's really hard to do, but it's always very enlightening and, and a very powerful thing because you always come out better on the other side than you did before you walked in. How are you defining success today? What What's going to be your your mark that you're striving for? Cool. Uh, so I would say if I could get probably 100,000 a year just doing this, just doing websites and coaching and stuff like that, then I would say that would be success to an extent. One of the things I've learned throughout the years is that you don't want to scale too fast. I've seen a lot of situations where someone in a brick and mortar would have success that first year and they would scale out to another location and then they'd have more success and then scale up and then it all crash and burn. And I'm essentially trying to prevent that. So I wouldn't know if that 100,000 a year would be considered success. I would say if I had that for, say, three years in a row, I would probably consider that success. But it's, it's really hard to find something if you don't know what the goal is. Mm -hmm. You know, the goal is for me to not work a day job. That's my goal. So if I get to that point where I'm exceeding my income, then that's a win. Right. But the hard thing is, is keeping that, making sure that, that that is stable. Right. So you're doing both. I mean, you have, you've got uh, your nine to five, what your daily is, and then you're, you're growing this business. So how are you maintaining work and life? How are you how are you maintaining that balance? Are you extremely exhausted all the time? Uh, well, I didn't sleep much when I was in the Marine Corps, so it's not much different now. So I do put in a lot of hours, and mm -hmm. not all of them are actual working hours. I do a lot of research. That's probably half of what my time is right now, research, because the way that I'm looking at things now is different than it was before. You know, there's a good friend, uh, Dr. Robert Garcia, he talks a lot about doing ebooks, and that's one of the things on my to-do list is to, to research and develop uh, books that I can give away for free or sell and stuff like that. And I think uh, me making that type of a shift is not only helping other people in my position, but also uh, the, the group that I'm building as well. Essentially, it's an audience, but it's also a student base, other, other people, other peers, and I can use my knowledge and share the world that way. So it's a little different than, than just the standard nine to five. I, mm -hmm. I do a lot of, <laughs> I probably do about 16 to eight hours a day, roughly. At a minimum. So those are long fun. days. Those are long days. And I think right. that a lot of people that are trying to build something, 
you there is a balancing act right of having to have the stability and and what you're doing um that is the primary provider in your life versus what it is that you're attempting to build is there going to be a moment have you set um have you set a milestone that is going to be your jump off point where you're if i'm if i hit this and everything is designed or is working and in this sort of vision that's my jump off point that is my i'm shifting and and going into going into the wild of being a 100% full-time business owner i think that getting to that point would be amazing feeling with the recurring revenue model that I'm working on building I think that if I get my 50% to a point where I can support people on then the other 50 can be used for business growth even if I'm at max capacity I can still lose up to 50% of revenue in one day and it still wouldn't affect my life and I think that's probably a solid working model not necessarily a milestone per se but that's a that's a good start yeah do you do you have any um do you live or make decisions within constraints or limits or is it wide open for you is anything possible or is there there's a playground or there's a there's a there's parameters of which I'm working within. In, in terms of what? Just any and decision? Any decision. Uh, well, I'm an optimist, so I like to think the best in things, mm -hmm. but I'm also a realist. So, I mean, as long as the range of options are feasible, then wide open is okay for me. Mm -hmm. But realistically, if if my range is not so wide open then scale it down some how do you navigate because there has to be a level of uncertainty with this and with uncertainty comes a little bit of fear which i don't i don't think i'm not really good at admitting i'm fearful of outcome i like the word uncertainty um <laughs> but how do you navigate that fear and uncertainty when you're when you're making these decisions and you are an optimist, but there has to be a component, right? That what if this doesn't work, or how do you navigate that? Well, I I like to consider myself a relatively responsible buyer. Mm -hmm. I am the type of person that will research things and go and actually look at the item four or five times before I actually buy it, and I'm trying to apply that same logic to my business as well mm -hmm. which would pretty much expand the the logic of procurements and acquisitions you know doing case studies talking to people verifying without a doubt that this is an actual viable option and right. i'm looking at things like that in terms of actual large-scale purchases to ensure that every decision i make does not negatively affect my family. Even at the end of the day, they're number one. 
and even given the the research that you're putting in and the planning that you're putting in you have been able to work with industries or companies across industries is there those moments in business where research and logic sometimes can take it back where you just have to jump you have to take that risk many times um, uh, especially in product-based businesses I've experienced that quite a quite a bit uh, it's not so much there's not so much risk now in a service-based business because I'm not really risking much uh, you know I've got my computer in front of me I already have the software that I need so there's not as much risk today if I wanted to hire people and have a physical location for people to, to, to work together in, uh, that would be more risky than what I'm doing now. Right, right. Was military, your experience in the military at all, a factor in a decision, in the decision of what you were going to do with, with technology? Did, did that start in the military at all? Well, I didn't start making websites in the military, if that's what you're referring to. But everywhere that I've been, I've always been considered the local IT guy. Mm. Everyone's always had me fixing their computer when they clicked on something wrong. So I've been pretty submerged in repairing small issues on Windows and stuff like that for all the places that I've worked course of the past 12 13 years so it's not a far jump from IT to web technologies and do you you really just enjoy what you're doing Listen, I do. you can do, see because you are you're smiling every time that we talk we talk about that when you're working in your nine-to-five or um, you're working with a client is there is there anything in the in the military leadership wise um, conflict resolution-wise that has helped you in, in moving along your road of success? Well, not so much the conflict, conflict resolution part, but I did have a superior that told me once, uh, actually two, one of them gave me the quote, do the right thing for the right reasons, even when no one is looking. And the other one gave me the quote of always know the answers that you provide. Make sure they're concrete. If there's any hesitation, go back and do more research because you don't know what you're talking about. And I believe that those two have quite significantly propelled me into a position where I'm at today. What advice would you give someone that is thinking about going out on their own? Cool. Um, well, it's not going to be easy. It, it's definitely not going to be easy. No. So in short, I would say that anything worth having is never easily earned. And in order to validate that you are earning something, is not just a tangible thing, as in monetary value. It's also personal growth. 
I'm actually in the process right now of, of drafting up an, an ebook that talks about failing in business. Mm -hmm. And it's not about me failing, it's about me failing forward. Right. Learning from my mistakes and picking up the pieces and finding something else that I'm passionate about. And so I think that's something that everyone could take away from this. That it's I, not have, all about success on the first round. Because it very rarely happens. So true. But that's the story everybody hears, right? That's the story that gets the, the majority of the of the views and the votes and the ones that get circulated are the right. ones that are the exception. But when you look right. at, if you take 30 people that have attempted to build something from scratch, from nothing, um, and you bring them all in a room, chances are the all of them, the majority of them, has failed over and over. But we don't hear about those. Right. Why do you think that is? Why is no one out there screaming, I just, I just sucked. I just failed at this, <laughs> at this great idea that I had. I fell right. flat on my face, and I want to tell you all about that. What because, is that? Because then that would destroy the perception of reality. The reality is that people want to feel as though they're being supplied with uh, information from someone who's never failed. Yeah. People, people don't want that. They don't want real people. They want idea and the idea is that that person or that product or that service will never fit they want they want the failures in the past tense they want somebody to stand in front of them and go hey i've been through it i failed every which way but someday right. and now i have the blueprint i have the book right follow this learn from my mistakes right i can't well, get on board with that i'm going to be honest with you i'm going to say something i've never really really seen and i don't know if you've watched my other interviews but i'm very just question, question, answer, question, answer. We dive down, go down some rabbit holes. But this is a this is something I feel sh very passionate about. No one knows. There's no one <laughs> absolute expert. There is no blueprint. Right. Right. And and even when you <clears throat> fell forward fifty times, Jared, when you fell forward and you finally get that sweet sauce <clears throat> secret formula that is taking Carbon Digital to national global platforms and your YouTube channel has from 60 to 1,000 video tutorials, you still couldn't take that secret sauce and apply it to someone else. It won't work for them. I know. Why are people missing this? I don't have an idea. I have no idea. Not, I, I don't. I think a lot of it deals with experience i think you have to get to a point of failure yeah. and then realize your mistake and then it clicks um, i'll give you an example okay. uh, two weeks ago i was doing some custom code on a website and i quoted it for two hours because i expected it to take two hours right after those two hours i spent the next eight hours trying to figure out what i did wrong <laughs> at the end of it all i missed one letter Get out of here. I'm serious. How are you not breaking computers? See, this is why I can't do what you do. I, computers will be broken. I mean that, one letter? One nine letter. Hours? One Get letter destroyed everything that I was no. doing. And that, that's the importance of attention to detail. Right. But it's also the reality of, of how things sometimes work, you know? 
just because the guy down the street that your brother's sister's cousin knows says mm-hmm. that he can do this doesn't doesn't mean he's the greatest. Right. Just because that fancy that fancy place down the street looks like they're amazing, that doesn't mean that they know everything. Right. The difference is, is that neither one of them will tell you where they messed up. Right. They quoted you two hours, it took two hours, and it's magnificent. They're not they're not talking right. about the eight hours it spent to find that one letter that got bugged. Right, exactly. All of that time is, is irrelevant. My goodness. That's true. That is true. And what's <laughs> ironic about that is you can fill a shift in industry of people that are wanting to know behind the scenes. They're asking for it, but I don't know how they're going to react if they actually start getting it first off. And second of all, I don't know if folks are prepared to just let it. You seem very comfortable going. It took me eight hours to find one letter. You seem very comfortable. And when we first spoke, one of the uh, one of the initial things that I picked up about you and your personality was I don't have all the answers. I'm good at what I do, but I could be better. Right, and it's it's one of those things that I learned in the Marine Corps, one of the, of the leadership traits. Mm-hmm. The the actual full thing is called JJ did tie buckle. Mm-hmm. But one of those is called know yourself and seek self improvement. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm at, and I know where I need to improve or where I need to improve. And there's no point in me trying to sh- to hide that at all. And right. I think that's the difference between with the way that I present myself to other people and how other people are presenting themselves. I don't, I don't claim to know all the answers. I, I, I'm at where I'm at. And that's pretty much it. Would you be sad if you, if you did have all the answers? Would I be sad if I had all the answers? I mean, really think about that. It's a I mean, deeper yes, question. I would be. I would be. And the reason why is because that would mean that there would be nothing for me to learn. Right. And even if I were to get to a position where I had all the answers, within two to five years, it's going to change. I'll have to learn everything again. So I, I, I don't want to know everything. I don't right. want to learn everything. Well, yeah. and in your industry, there's no way that you could. Technology changes because it's Tuesday, and that's been a week old now. Right. How do you keep up? Because you're self-taught and everything that you do, you're self-taught. For the most part, I did have some formal online training, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's more of a baseline. It's more about getting you to, to see the things that you don't see and understanding how you can piece things together. But outside of that, you really have to do a lot on your own to grow. Right. And what resources are you using to to develop and to continue growing and learning? For learning, uh, all of my code-based learning comes from a website called teamtreehouse.com. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of other ones out there, and I've, I've played with a few of them, like uh, Udemy. Yeah. But it's it's not the same. And what's the other one? Uh, Codecademy, and there's another couple other ones that I use as well. Those seem substandard when compared against the treehouse. And that's my preference. But I found that 
way that the treehouse is taught things seem to be scientifically structured mm -hmm. to, to make learning the best. And it's, it's helped me quite a bit. Um, so we're getting close to the end of the hour. That goes by fast, right? It does. I'm so shocked. And I have to, because I see your family, and y'all are doing a great Sunday, and you're taking time out of your family time for this, so I really do appreciate that. That's right. I'm curious, as we're closing up to the end of it, um, what are some of your personal truths that you've discovered moving through, starting over 10 times, moving through... Um, rebellion or wild teenage years, military now to building your own company, going through homelessness, building your own company. What are some of those cornerstone truths that you have found out that you're going to pass on to your family? Uh, that's a good one. Um, so I think that uh, the previous statement that I said before that anything worth having is never easily earned. That's definitely something I'm trying to, to pass on as well. But also willpower is a lot more powerful than anyone can ever see. Uh, someone recently asked me have I ever had depression or anxiety? And my answer was no, we talked about And then we kind of got into it, uh, not like fighting, but we kind of started discussing it. And I realized that throughout the past, you know, 10, 12 years, I've actually never slowed down to notice whether or not I've had depression or anxiety because my will to succeed is so, so strong that I'm still moving. And I, figure probably 20 years from now I'll, I'll hit it but, um, if you're moving forward constantly nothing can hold you back and I think that's very very a powerful thought to have what is going to be your next big move can you tell us what the next big do you have a big idea I do have some big stuff in the works, and uh, no. You can't share. <laughs> you will let us know. I uh, will let you know. That's perfect. Well, I'm already following you on YouTube just because your videos are, are good, and I do like the way that you explain things. It's a very – you have a way of explaining something that I know I'm – uh, not well versed in, but you don't make me feel bad about it. So I really appreciate that. Is that on purpose? Do you no. have to? Do you have to consciously go? Do not. Do not. Assume no. That they it's, a, know. it's an acquired skill. Mm -hmm. uh, I learned early on in the Marine Corps that you have to treat everyone as if they have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Um, and so I used to have to type up emails explaining things as if the person I was emailing had no idea what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of carried that with me. And in a, uh, in a previous position, I had to create a substantial amount of documentation, job aids, on how to execute specific tasks within a system 
and that, that's just kind of carried over into the way that I deliver information. Well, you do a phenomenal job at it. And I do agree that it's an acquired skill, but there's also a natural talent to be able to do it in a way where it doesn't, it doesn't further intimidate the person. Because you're not talking cut and paste. You're talking building and adding and so far out of my, <laughs> and I don't feel overwhelmed. I feel like I'm getting, I'm getting the assistance and the guidance that I need. So can you give us <clears throat> the guide to your YouTube? Can you let everyone know how to find you? Um, as soon as I can figure out where to put the link. Yes. I'll, I'll put the link on here afterwards. Okay, perfect. So they can find you on YouTube. They can find you at carbon digital dot com yes dot us dot us carbon digital dot us and of course you have a facebook carbon digital um and for those that are in our group of the vet tribe of course you're very active in that and i see you answering yes. questions all the time so um i really do appreciate the time that you took i've been thinking about changing sundays because i'm starting to <laughs> very badly that you know i'm i'm bleeding into um to the family times of the yeah. mornings but you guys are amazing about it you're like absolutely it's gonna be fine life's happening in the background but i'll share what i know see, i love that see all of that <laughs> it is what it is you know it's life right it and truly is life right and that's part of what I bring to the to the videos and training tutorials that I deliver. None of that gets cleaned. So. I gotta tell you, I'm gonna use the buzzword that just. But talk about authenticity. That's what it is. You're like I'm a I'm a person just like you. I figured right. it out. You can figure it out. It's gonna be fine. Stop crying. Don't break the computer. We're gonna figure it out. <laughs> and so I, if anyone. You got to go to YouTube. You got to check out his tutorial videos. I can't. I can't stress that enough. It, they're amazing. So keep doing that. Keep doing helping us people that are not well versed. Um, you got any big plans for the rest of the day before I let you go? Finish cutting the grass. Oh we well. Oh, that. Just skip the burger. grass part and get straight to the burger part. You're funny. <laughs> well, enjoy. Stay hydrated. Um, in your heat wave, and um, thank you again. And uh, I look forward to staying in touch with you. So go have fun family time. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.